0: Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is
1: Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters To Go. We are the Satellite Sisters. Happy to be with you here today. It's Tuesday, January 14th. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California, and I am joined by my big sister, Julie Dolan in Dallas, Texas. Hi, Julie. How are you? Well, Leanne,
0: I'm coming to you cast free today. Oh, that's great. That it's not really off for, for, for good. I uh, but I now have permission to take uh, my sort of uh, plastic cast off when I'm in my home to practice movements and rotation and to get back some of the flexibility in my uh, in my right wrist, which I broke in October, eleven weeks ago. Ugh. So, how does uh, it feel? Does it hurt? Uh, no, it doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt, but it doesn't move very far. I have uh, oh, the, shoot. I met with a the, uh, physical therapist. Uh, there are sort of three basic wrist mo- motions you have, front, back, sideways. I was flunking most of the motions. But uh, <laughs> but it's a start, Liam. It's a start. So uh, I was
1: thinking about what your three basic movements might be. It would be like drinking coffee, frantic waving, and you know, signing your name. <laughs> right. 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 I, like if you had to boil down what you really do with your wrist. With oh, your wrist.
0: okay. So, so are is... you being good about the physical therapy though? You're being Absolutely. a good little girl. Okay. Absolutely. Lee. And I am, I am doing my exercises. In fact, I am doing the motion right now as we speak. <laughs> so we're off to a great start this morning. <laughs>
1: Uh, We are the Satellite Sisters. I know, Julie, that we actually have some new listeners because I've heard from them. And uh, one is Eric. And Eric uh said he enjoyed the show very much but he had a hard time telling us apart so it's just a reminder to us julie that we should call each other by name more and maybe fill in some details we have listeners who've been listening for 12 years and then we have eric who just joined us last week so uh eric if you're playing along at home i'm the youngest of the five sisters julie is uh our senior sister That...
0: no 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 I am not taking that title Eric. okay what you... senior sister have you been working on that all week or no. something I missed one show over the weekend and now I am the senior sister listen little sister I know you have a birthday coming up but there is no reason to get catty like that okay our, 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 well I thought senior awesome. was better than oldest no, I am the oldest sister. That's a fact, Liam. Okay. <laughs> that's just, that's your birth order. That, but senior sister, that, that's, right, your, I'm sorry. that's your hair color. That's your like waist <laughs> measurement, you know? Okay. All right. Well, Eric, uh, Julie's her oldest
1: sister. And I that's think.
0: <laughs> cranky. The crankiest sister, Eric. Huh.
1: Hmm. You, you decide, Eric. You decide. All right. We have a lot coming up on the show. Uh, Maria Shriver has a new venture that we're going to talk about. Well, it's been going on for a couple of years now. She issues these white papers called the Shriver Report about the status of women, particularly in America, and um, a new one's out this week. Some really good information, but I just we just wanted to talk a little bit about Maria's new gig and um, how you can find the white paper yourself. Julie, we should get on some white papers, some Satellite Sisters white papers. So can you do that? You're the political. Science major? I,
0: I, I, Leanne, I think it's not a bad idea. I mean, uh, we, we have some thoughts. We could put it down on a piece of white paper. Okay. What, what could be so hard? <laughs> Issue
1: issue some of those in 2014, will you? And then, um, Julie has a Tuesday trend. She's a movie she does not want you to see. And then we're gonna have our Downton talk. We're saving it till the end of the podcast in case you haven't watched the show yet or haven't watched this season. That way you won't feel like you have missing anything. But we're just gonna move forward with what we're now calling Downton Gabby. Okay. <laughs> so, but <laughs> but first, you know, one of the big news stories of the week. Well, it wasn't really news, but one of the big happenings of the the week was the Golden Globes. And normally Julie, um, this is a this is an award show I'm kind of hit or miss about. Don't usually set myself up to watch it. It's always Sunday night. And you know what that means. It means uh I have to pay attention to my husband before he goes to work. But my husband was out of town this week. So I actually got to watch the entire Golden Globes all by myself on the couch. It was delightful.
0: Now, I, you are a happily married uh, yes, woman. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Let's let's just admit it. It's great sometimes <laughs> when you can have a moment like that, home alone with the Golden Globes and no one to wrestle uh, the remote control from, from your hand. I think it's a good moment, Liam.
1: Yeah, and, you know, my husband has... I don't have even that much interest in award shows, but my husband has even less. And every t- every time we watch an award show, he says insightful things like, Oh, isn't that that woman that was in that movie? You know, like, (laughs) and like, every time he sees a blonde actress, he's like, is that Uma Thurman? I'm like, no, that is Laura Dern. It is.
0: I mean, he just, (laughs) he's, he's busy. He's a very busy man. He's not focused in on some of this celebrity stuff. Uh, Right. You know, that's good.
1: So I enjoyed it particularly. The hosts, of course, were Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. And I just enjoyed in general, Julie, there was a lot of girl power at the awards. Mm -hmm. There was a great contribution from the C's from Julia Louis-Dreyfus, who is like my absolute favorite female comedian. I love, love, love her. She's so funny. Uh, Melissa McCarthy was very funny. It was just great to see women having a moment on stage because like behind the scenes in Hollywood, they still virtually have no power. But for that one night, you know, when Amy Poehler got to make out with Bono, I was super happy. (laughs) It
0: made me really happy. You know, I had this strange feeling of relax, of just being very relaxed watching it. Like, you know, it was... Maybe because there was there was so much girl power, I enjoyed having the female hosts. I, I just I really did. I found it much more relaxing, enjoyable. I know some people have said they didn't think it was at you know their opening monologue wasn't as funny. I thought it was plenty funny, and I, I just I enjoyed it, Leanne. I you know uh, it was a nice change. It was like. Uh, it was like a girl show, you know, like something when we were little, we would do to entertain ourselves. We would sometimes put on shows in That's the backyard. True. That's true. Had, you know, we had all, my mother, we were eight children. And my mother had this system of color coding our bathing suits. We all wore the same uh, bathing suit. So we would use these matching bathing suits to uh, put on a show where we would do tumbling acts and uh, just very, very low talent things. But that's kind of what the spirit of it. I felt like you know, it was like, you know, let's put on a show and have some fun. And they were, and they were delightful and light and, and not as snarky as uh, past hosts have been. Right. And I thought, I found, I was
1: relieved that there was only one George Clooney joke because so many award shows lately have just basically turned into the George Clooney show or the Matt and Ben show. So right. I thought the George Clooney joke was very, very funny. I thought the Leonardo DiCaprio joke was very off color. It sort of surprised <laughs> me, but, um, <laughs> but other than that, I was good with all of it. And that is why, Julie, it was so, so disconcerting to me to have that tribute to Woody Allen in the middle of the show. It was like, here are all these great women. Doesn't anybody object to the fact that he married his daughter? Like...
0: That's you know, a- you know our sister Sheila, who has been, uh, you know, has really been our entertainment guru. I mean, she has been boycotting Woody Allen for years because because he married his daughter. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, that was super cringeworthy. It I, was. I- it was
1: like like I had to leave the room. Like, there's Diane Keaton who looks fantastic and great, and
0: I'm like, Diane, he married his daughter. I don't. <laughs> and what is she doing singing the brownie song? <laughs> I okay. know I, th- that was that was like that was a bridge too far it, her, yeah. it really okay. was I mean it was just wrong on multiple levels that she was singing the brownie song to Woody Allen, you know
1: <laughs> okay, and then uh, I have a couple of just one fashion shout out. I was okay. on the fence about Julia Roberts' dress, but now I'm all for it. <laughs> And why is that? Why would you... I feel like if you get to a certain age and you want to wear a shirt
0: under your dress, what the hell? Wear a shirt under your dress. <laughs> now, see, Leon, I supported that dress because I like just sort of. I mean, I was in kind of a cranky mood. I was glad to see that Julia Roberts was getting dumped on because she was wearing a really bad outfit. So even (laughs) Julia Roberts can wear a bad outfit. That was bad, Liam. That was totally bad. Okay, here's my question for you, Liam. Uh, Because you have done television production. You know more about the behind the scenes. And, you know, I think we all have now a sense of reality TV shows are not really reality. That they are highly produced. That most of the situations are made up. Right. Do you not believe uh, that the uh, Jacqueline Bessette uh, acceptance uh, speech? I think that was a total stunt. I'm now <laughs> I'm now convinced that this is what the Golden Globes is doing. Because the year before wasn't it Jodie Foster went on and right she was gambling? So every year they have to have one woman go totally crazy. On stage in in some stunt thing. What do you think? Julie, that's very
1: astute. I, I had not r- raised the stunt meter on the Jackie Bissett thing. I just thought she was, like, literally completely overwhelmed and stuck in a horrible seat. And it was when they showed her picture when she was nominated, I'm like, oh, for God's sake, she forgot to get her hair done. You know? <laughs> like, it literally looked like, oh, gosh, I forgot to make an appointment. And so... No, so- I
0: think I think they paid her extra, extra to go <laughs> d- to just have a total meltdown up there on stage. <laughs> That's I had not thought of that, but
1: let's it's two years in a row. You're right, so let's keep our eye out for next year to see if there's another like crazy woman, <laughs> Cra- crazy old crazy old broad on stage. So mm-hmm. I I thought in general though it was a very fun show. I literally don't remember who won anything. That's but- how little the awards mean to me i didn't i didn't i didn't really care about who actually won i had no stakes in the game but i thought it was fun to see tina let's see some of the comments uh first of all michelle on our facebook page michelle said i didn't realize they were on so good for you michelle you missed it no no big deal um i think it was 50 50 people said not enough tina and uh, and amy i felt like there could be a little bit more of them i have to agree uh, let's see. Mary wanted us to know she loved Emma Thompson's moment with the drink and the heels. <laughs> Me too. That was good. Right. Why and why not? Yes. I thought uh, as opposed to Jacqueline Bissette, Emma Thompson got her hair done for the event, which was nice. <laughs> but they, those might've been prop. Prop shoes and drinks. I mean, that again, it could be totally staged. Oh, that was totally staged. Oh, there's no doubt in my mind. That was, first of all, she's a screenwriter. So she's going to like come up with prepared material. So, no, totally staged, but she pulled it off. It was a great, great bit that wasn't that complicated, but still funny Mm -hmm. uh, and in the spirit. Uh, Jill wants us to know that she thought the Golden Globes needed more Tina and Amy, um, but she enjoyed uh, the Bono makeout, which I.
0: I really, really a highlight. Definitely a highlight. I mean, she had her moment and she took it. I think that was great.
1: And if you think for like one minute that Bono wasn't going to win that award, I don't even know why they nominated the other four songs. <laughs> of course, they're going to give that to you, too. Uh, and, uh, and then Michelle posted a very thoughtful piece on the uh, Huffington Post that I'll link to at the Satellite Sisters website if you want to read that, sort of about what some of the male critics were saying about the awards being too girly, too much estrogen. Which, oh, please, really? After, like, a 100 years of never winning anything? And can I just shout out to all the beautiful pregnant women on that show? Unbelievable. I, I know. I, I mean, how bad they did looked, that make you feel about your own pregnancy? Yes. They looked extraordinary. I mean, yes. they were, like, the three. Hey, it was Gary Washington, Olivia Wilde, and uh, Drew Barrymore. Yeah. They all look, like, fantastic in their own way. Yes. Just good for them. Good for them. Good for them. All right. Speaking of estrogen, let's move on to the Shriver report, shall we? All right. Julie, did you know what Maria Shriver has been up to since, like, uh, she lost her job and she lost her husband and she
0: lost her status and her conference? Did you know what she was up to? Uh, uh, No, no, Lee, and I didn't. Actually, I, I mean, I think I kind of felt like she was probably home licking her wounds, trying to put her life back together because if if anyone's had her life blow up on a you know, I mean she really did have her life blow up on an international stage. And
1: it was it was spectacular. It was
0: a spectacular, shocking, humiliating
1: blow up. But that yeah. does not keep our girl Maria Shriver down. So what's interesting to me about what she's been doing is that it sort of falls in line with the women's conference she used to host here in California that we were privileged to go to several times and broadcast live at and Maria came on Satellite Sisters to talk about it. She just carried on with the idea of like, what's happening with women in America? Okay. And, and she decided to formalize that. So she formed a couple of years ago, I think 2009, the Shriver Report. And according to their website, I'll just read the definition. It's a multi-platform nonprofit media initiative led by Maria Shriver that seeks to, and this is the part I love, modernize America's relationship to women. Thank you, Maria. So we don't have a lot of comments that sound like they were made in 1964. That's good. I'm all for this. Mm-hmm. And so they've issued a couple of these white uh, white papers over the last three or four years. Uh, things about... Uh, a woman's nation changes everything. A woman's nation pushes back from the brink. A woman's nation takes on Alzheimer's. That's kind of her position. But her overall goal is to sort of document society trends and transformations in American life and the impact they have on women. So it's everything from the economy to healthcare care uh, to who's in office. She wants to spark high-profile, high-impact national conversation about the status of women. That's good. I'm all for that. She wants to build platforms for men and women to report from the front lines of their own lives and have their voices lifted and then communicate women's shifting roles and evolving needs and emerging power. These are all good things. And then call on our nation's major institutions to recognize that women are now central to key issues facing the nation. So she just issued a really uh, a long report that we're not going to go into here. But I just wanted to make people aware of it in case they were interested in sort of following up on what Maria Shriver was doing. I know in the Satellite Sisterhood, we have a lot of people who are interested in the status of women and, you know, in all areas of their lives. And I think what Maria is doing is excellent.
0: Yeah, Lynn, I agree. I, I was not as familiar, and I, I appreciate that you're raising this issues because, you know, when you think about it, I mean, you've seen that in every women's magazine, every, you know, all over about how to reinvent your life. You know, haven't you? You've seen, right. I mean, go ahead and Google reinvent your life. And there's eight <laughs> zillion articles about people who are trying to start a new career, new business, um, get a new beginning. And just think about, I mean, if you were Maria Shriver, it's hard to imagine what it was like to be in her shoes. And then, but how to use all the, you know, all the thing, all the experience and the, and the perspective and her power as a journalist um, and as a national figure to do something positive. And this is, she has reinvented her life, you know, um, with this Shriver report and that What she puts out is very, very positive without being preachy.
1: Right. Right and she's such a good spokesman for it she's been on a lot of different shows this week because the latest report has just come out and it 's mainly about uh, economics women and their economic status and <laughs> it's particularly low income women and it's not good you know it's just those are women that really like cannot get ahead just absolutely cannot get ahead and it's important that an issue like that has a voice for someone as respectable as Maria Shriver but also it is true like every conversation we have in the media about women it just feels like you have to take a side and you know and defended to the death i i and i don't understand why so it's interesting to me that she just wants to spark these high profile national conversations that are maybe not just black and white like they've been and today she had a uh, beyonce for instance write, uh right um an editorial for her, for the Shriver report on um, women's economic parity and uh, gender equality. And guess what? That made the news all over the place because it's Beyonce. And you can sort of poo-poo that, but Beyonce is a high powered businesswoman. She's hugely respected. And the fact that she wrote it, now we're actually having a conversation on the national news about gender inequality. So I, I think she's achieving her goals in an
0: interesting way, Maria Shriver okay i I would also say, Leanne, you gave me the link to ten things you can do to power a woman's Nation, yeah, and first of all, the other thing about Maria Shriver is she's very easy reading yeah. okay i mean that i that let's yes that in mind i mean she's i mean there's a lot of substance there, but she also lays it out in very simple steps about. Like, you know, number two, get smart, build a stable foundation for your future by putting college before kids, you know, that women with only a high school diploma are three or four more times likely to live on the financial brink than those with a college degree. I mean, that's a simple message that everybody can get behind and that you can embrace. So uh, it's good stuff. Simple
1: but powerful. You know, the Uh next one is invest in yourself. And I think this is so huge. It says women and girls need to think of themselves as providers in their family, not provided for. Okay, that's a huge shift. Yes, we do. And, uh, you know, the men and boys in our lives also need to sort of recognize that that's happening. So, uh, you know, that's interesting to me. So these are simple but powerful ideas. So here's what we're going to do with Satellite Sisters. We'll put a link to the Shriver Report if you haven't seen it. I enjoy following um, the Shriver Report and Maria Shriver on Twitter. So if you're on Twitter, there's always, she has a lot of interesting um, thoughts on Twitter. Good retweets, high profile, high profile retweets. So it's just a a touch of celeb is what she brings to Uh these uh, important ideas. And I, I think that is an interesting combination. So, all
0: right, Liam. All right.
1: Okay. So I just want to make people aware of that. Uh, you can you have you have until I think the 15th so tomorrow to download the whole report for free. Uh, so we'll put that link or else you can just Google Shriver Report if you're listening now and want to take a look at Shriverreport.org.
0: All right. Liam, we're gonna take a little turn now. Where are because, we going, uh, Joel? Uh, this is this is a, like a satellite sister survey. I okay. need to I need to sort of check on the pulse People's pulse on an issue that I think people have strong opinions about. Is this uh, before you issue your white paper on this? Yeah, <laughs> Do, doing some anecdotal evidence. For your white yes. paper? Yes. This is. Okay. This is why I'm, I'm trying to gather uh, gathers some. Just g- gauge this, um, Leon. You are a dog owner. I'm a dog owner. I would. I I know that both of us are responsible dog owners, and that means that we pick up poop. I mean, right? Am I right about? <laughs> yes. That? Yeah. Okay. But I want to get your opinion about curb your dog signs, you know, those yes. sometimes cute little signs that are on people's front lawns about, uh, you know, sometimes it's a little dog and it says no with an exclamation mm. point <laughs> right. or, or it's, or, you know, you know, various signs. So I was actually walking my, uh, my brand new grandson, Peter, today um, because he only st- sleeps in a stroller, a stroller that's moving, which is really... <laughs> So good. Not so great. It's yeah. not really that great for mom and dad. But it seems to be great for Peter. Peter seems to enjoy just moving around. And so I am just strolling him around the neighborhood and I come upon a house and there's a lovely flagpole with an American flag flying. Mm-hmm. Uh at the base of the flagpole, um, there's some nice shrubbery. And there is a sign, Leon, that reads, Are you ready for this? It yeah. says you dishonor our American flag by allowing your dog to dump under it. It is even worse than not picking it up. Please show respect big white sign with that message under the American flag uh on this on this at this this home on their on their front yard. so I'm just wondering, leanne, do you think? This is uh, this has gone too far. Or do you think it is using the American flag in a disrespectful way that like that, that I don't think the two should ever be linked? No. Dumping, dumping, and saluting the flag. I, I think it's wrong, Leon. But what? Where are you on this? I would,
1: I would agree. First of all, it's so shocking. I'm sure you actually had to read it several times to understand. Wait, what is this? Really, what he's doing? It yes, does.
0: I, I, I strolled up and back and down, but I, did, I I was afraid to linger in front of this house, right? <laughs> because, because it seemed like. It, it seemed fairly hostile. I, I mean, I, I understand. I mean, it is disgusting when people allow their dogs to do their business on your, you know, and don't clean up after them. Yeah. I, I, it, I, it is disgusting. Okay? Well, he
1: seems to be implying that just every part of it is dis- dishonors the flag. So even if you clean up, no good. So yes. it seems like I, it seems very harsh, Julie. I, I don't think you should use the, <laughs> use the flag. To change dog owners' behaviors. It really seems like a bridge too far for me.
0: But are you in favor of any kind of signage in uh, in terms of... I, per- I find most of those
1: signs unsightly and kind of gross. So,
0: yeah. uh, but I can understand
1: if you are... There are just some lawns and areas that dogs are particularly attracted to. <laughs> Why is that? I don't Why know. That- Somebody who... like Kyra, are you listening? Kyra Sundance, our dog trainer. Let us know. Uh, because, um... I I don't understand that, but I, I know that that's true. So I do feel for those people. Or if you're on like a city block and you're the one little spot, I, I, I understand why people do that usually in cities. Uh, so I, I think a very discreet sign is fine. And, but I think what happens is like homeowners just get fed up. Like it only takes one or two dogs to sort of ruin the whole situation for the neighborhood. So I don't mind like the, you know sign with the dog and the X or the no or something, but there are more graphic ones I'm not really
0: into. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. And so, but this, I I really, I I just, I felt like it was maybe disrespectful to use the American flag in such a way. I think we can both agree on that. It does, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yes. And and Lee, and you know, the Wall Street Journal recently reported that there is this magnetic field uh, forces that that dogs sense. And actually, they do their business north, south. Do you know this? Really? Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, according to this article in the Wall Street Journal. Yes. That that <laughs> you might want to test it out with your own dog. Just, uh <laughs>
1: You know Julie my dog had to go in for ear surgery last week for Mia I, so I, she no, she I, looks terrible uh but uh when Liz saw her this weekend she said your dog looks like a a refugee or a, a, a character from Fiddler on the Roof because she has this headscarf on it's just it's
0: just so laying. humiliating it's, it's so interesting you mention headscarves because that really segues beautifully to my next topic, which is Tuesday's trends. Oh, you know, okay. I, I'd like to I like to alert people to trends on Tuesday. And there was one today that um, I think I think has a possibility. So just imagine this and uh, if you can. And what it is is an inflatable bike helmet. Oh, okay. So here's this was um, developed by two women, two Swedish women, and they did not want to wear the dorky bike, you know, the bike helmet, because who doesn't love riding bicycles? But honestly, you really don't look that good in a bike helmet. But you you do want to do something to protect your head in case you fall. Yes. And uh, this woman, one woman who was a physiotherapist, she was riding her bike in Sweden and she actually took a fall. But at the last minute, she had her scarf wrapped around her neck and her head, a lot like Mia, I guess. uh, And that that shielded, when she fell off her bike, that that protected her head. And so it got her thinking that maybe there was some way she could develop a scarf. So you could wear it as a scarf, but if there was any impact, it would blow up into an inflatable helmet like an airbag in a car. Okay. okay. So that's the concept that is uh, what she's done. So she has actually developed this. It's it's not cheap. It's $546 to get one of these inflatable bike helmets. Wow. Um and they it took a lot of research and construction to figure out how to create a trigger mechanism for this neck-worn bicycle airbag <laughs> that was accurate, you know, and that would actually you know, that would inflate on impact or wouldn't inflate when you're just riding along on your bike, you know, uh, I mean, it doesn't right. cover, your, eye, cover right. your eyes. That could be bad. That's that could be bad. Um, but, but they, think but they really, you know, there's a lot of mathematical al- algorithms involved and all of that, but they got it to the point where they really feel like this, this is a helmet that is now marketable and, uh, you know, people are buying them in Sweden, and they're going to be available in the United States. So, how about that? An I think that's a great idea, bike helmet. Although yeah. I have
1: to say, I don't think it's gonna. Will it look really any better than
0: a regular bike helmet? No, but by that, by the time that the um, that it inflates, Liam, you have fallen off your bicycle. Okay. So <laughs> you are looking bad to begin with, okay? So by the, by that point there's no, you know, there's there's nothing to worry about because you're you're sprawled out, you know, already.
1: Julie, there was a thing, uh, a piece of cl- another piece of clothing that caught my attention this week that debuted at the consumer electronics show last mm-hmm. week in Las Vegas. Um so you know, they're trying to now build tech into clothing. Mm-hmm. wearable yes. tech this is the idea right wearable tech so this was a blazer for women so this was a jacket for women that you could wear that would essentially act as your um your nav system and so instead of if you're walking uh. in un- if you're walking in an unfamiliar city instead of staring down at your phone going oh uh-huh. turn left turn right you just program where you want to go into your jacket Uh And as you're walking down the street, you get a little, like, rumble in your left shoulder if you're supposed to make a left turn or a right turn. I like that. I thought that was a pretty good idea. Uh Now, again, it all depends on what the jacket looks like. (laughs) Because if it looks super dorky, it doesn't matter how helpful it is. But just the idea, like, that your shoulder pads could be steering you places. That's awesome. I think that is good. Yes. Yeah. You could be concentrating on other things. So. Right. You could, be lo- you could be looking up at the city. They, they said they just, the inventors of the tech blazer said they just looked around and everyone is staring down at their phones now. People aren't actually looking up. They're sightseeing in the city, but instead of looking up, they're looking down. So this would solve that behavior. it's very
0: excellent for if you were a tourist you're going to a new city you want to walk around yeah you just
1: program in an address like oh we want to find this restaurant and you just
0: start walking and your jacket tells you where to go (laughs) There you go. I like it, but and you could get one of these inflatable bike helmets to wear around your neck just in case you you fall over with in your blazer or something exactly. like that. Exactly.
1: That's or actually I think people walking and looking at their cell phones need those inflatable
0: <laughs> bike helmets. I know. All so right. So
1: annoying. So Okay. Annoying.
0: Okay, Lian, it is now time uh for a movie that I am never going to see. You know, (laughs) I'd like to alert people to uh, current movies that are out there that, based on the trailer that I've watched... Um, I've come to the conclusion that you shouldn't see. And most of the time I'm right. But the first time I did this, I think I indicated that Gravity looked like the stupidest movie I had (laughs) ever thought. You know, that trailer with George Clooney, Sandra Bullock as astronauts. I said, oh, that is going to be horrible. And of course it's the world's best movie. But uh, okay, but here's one that I I just, I I just, it's wrong. And you know, the movie I'm talking about, it's Her. Oh, (laughs) Okay. This is a movie. It stars Joaquin Phoenix. It's got Scarlett Johansson in it. Uh it's directed by Spike Jones. Uh, okay. This and the and the premise of this movie from the trailer is some guy who just broke up with his girlfriend, so he's forlorn and so he starts a relationship with um his um with his cell phone, uh, yeah. Uh, have you seen this? <laughs>
1: well, yeah, it won it won the best screenplay at the uh, Golden uh, Globes, and has yeah, it's open to it, I think rave reviews. <laughs> and, okay. okay, yes, this, is,
0: this movie is just wrong because it sends. You know, we were talking about sending the positive uh, messages to women and to girls. This sends the absolutely wrong message to men. I hadn't thought
1: about that. It
0: it is completely wrong. Have you have you witnessed men in public lately? I was uh, I was at a restaurant. I don't know, uh, like a cafe a while back, and there were four guys, and they were sitting at a table, and they each had their cell phone and they were they ordered their lunch and then they each went back to their cell phone they didn't say a single word to each other but they're playing games and checking scores and looking at their email i mean so the idea that men could now have this super sexy fulfilling relationship with the voice of Scarlett Johansson, (laughs) uh, uh, you know, and that this is going to be more satisfying than a personal relationship with a, you know, real live female. Uh, You know, I think this is just completely wrong. There's going to be a lot of guys that are like, yeah, that's what I want. I want her. I want the voice, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to try on a real relationship. So uh, I I think this is, is just, well, anyway, that's making what I- a
1: broad social statement, Julie, yes. well, way to go. I mean, it's interesting. My husband was interested to see the movie because he said, well, Scarlett Johansson's in it. And I said, well, she's not in it. She's the voice. And he goes, she's not in it. You don't see her. And I said, no, but- he goes, okay, I don't want to see it anymore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. So, see, <laughs> See, that's a real man that he wants a relationship with, with a movie star, with, with a real Scar- movie star, not just with a voice. But don't you think, I mean, it's just, it's so dehumanizing to women. Like, okay. It really is a, a really sick theme. Okay. I I had not, I hadn't
1: thought about it like that, Julie, to be perfectly honest. I had, I, I'm still hung up on the Joaquin Phoenix. He kind of freaks me out. So there, so like there were more just normal reasons why I wouldn't go to see that movie. I hadn't really thought about it in, in those
0: terms. Okay. And of course I haven't seen the movie. Right. And I'm but. sure we're going to hear from people who say that I'm completely wrong, that it's, you know, very positive and uplifting. <laughs> I doubt it. Okay? That's what i <laughs> <laughs> okay Liam that's what I have uh that's my movie review you just you don't get movie reviews like this in other places I mean Sheila actually watches the movies and thinks about what she's going to say I just watch the trailers and form some really strong opinion <laughs>
1: okay all right well uh speaking we're going to do a little bit more review now is going to be time for Doubt and Gabby um so if you haven't seen the show, uh, or if you want to hold off, now would be the time. Thank <laughs> thanks for joining us up until this point. There won't really be anything else after Downton Cabby, so it's not like you're gonna miss anything. Uh, but I just want to make sure if you're if you're slowly moving towards season four that we don't ruin it for you. Right. But, That's really uh, nice.
0: So have a good week. Yeah. <laughs>
1: bye <Bye-bye> bye now. <laughs> bye-bye now (laughs) all right so last week i think it's fair to say that the satellite sisterhood was underwhelmed by the Mm -hmm. debut of season four uh both julie and i personally and everyone on the facebook page decided it was very dark fairly tedious we were sick of mosby what's with all the moping around (laughs) what's with all the moping around and more importantly anna and bates The lovey-dovey, too good to be true. You know they're being set up for the fall. And, Julie, that's exactly what happened this week. So Anna was actually – there was a storyline where Anna was sexually assaulted at Downton Abbey. And I think we'll get to that later. So let's just talk about some of the other Things that were kind of lighter before we get to like the deep, dark, awful. Why do we have to go down this tunnel storyline? And first, I would like to just shout out to um, to Mosby once again, bringing everybody down.
0: What? <laughs> Stop with just the Mosby! Put the gloves on and be the footman. What I know. is the matter with you? Okay.
1: <laughs> I mean. Yeah. I, uh, we get it. We get it. He like the service class is changing. We understand the metaphor. It doesn't mean it's a good storyline. Okay. We understand he had a job and now he doesn't. The world is changing. We know that because pretty much a cast member says it every five minutes now on, on Downton Abbey. So we get it, but just enough, just enough. Julian
0: fellows move on. All right. So, Leon, I also wanted to um, ask you what you thought thaw- thought of Lady Mary's new sort of love interest with Lord Gillingham. Isn't that his name? Who came to the house party, the big house party they had this week.
1: You know what? I was glad to see her perk up a little and yeah. take an interest in life. So, oh. uh, and it seemed fairly innocent on her part that she just wanted to re-engage. I didn't get the sense that it was this big, sexy move. So. Okay. In the
0: riding side saddle, what did you think about that? The was, side
1: saddle—how unfair shocked.
0: is that? <laughs> I was, I was I really—I was just shocked at the side saddle. I, I, I think that was—that's just wrong. I, I just believe Mary would have just swung her leg over that horse. She's out in the country, right? She said she's a country girl, galloping around, and she had to sit on that horse <laughs> side saddle.
1: It was, it was, it it was annoying to me that she had to do that. Just sometimes you look at that stuff, you're like, it's so stupid, just for God's sakes. And so much
0: harder than riding. It's hard enough to ride a big giant horse. (laughs) so. Okay. Also, a trend that I see, this is a theme that I want everyone to watch for, is that each week, each episode, there's going to be some inanimate object that is going to become a, you know, a character. So week one, it was the egg beater in the kitchen, (laughs) right? The electric egg beater. Okay, that almost did Mrs. Pat in. Okay, this week, it was the gramophone, right? Right. (laughs) Mary swooned. She had to go lie down when she saw the gramophone. Again, I I know she's grieving. Okay. I know it was the love of her life and she loved her old life and all of that. But I mean, but really? Okay. (laughs) Really? So we, I think we just have to be on on the lookout in the next episode. Is there going to be some other, some other object that is going to be some pivotal storyline? Julie, good one. I I did think,
1: uh, I do find Mary's behavior a little bit more, uh, you know, this week. Yes. It's very, I'm very sympathetic to her. She's really, when it all boils down to it, the only two people I currently care about on the show are Mary and Tom. I don't, I'm like, once they killed off Sybil, and I'm interested in Edith, but this is just such a giant red flag, her her whole relationship, when she had to say, oh, you've learned German. I was like, oh,
0: for God's (laughs) sakes. I was like, I wish there's just like a horn I could be like, arr, arr, arr. oh yeah, take German lessons. Really good idea. <laughs> oh so, my gosh! Uh, but uh, so and then Tom, go ahead. I don't care if you sleep at that housemaid. Now you're poor, the poor guy. I, 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 Tom, I'm Tom. My message to you is really. Buck up. Okay. Buck
1: up. You but he must be fail. so miserable. Doesn't it look tedious spending every night with that tedious family? Yeah, that's, that's true. Okay. <laughs> you know, so- and he's, he's, that's not the kind of guy he is. And he knows it. And so he enjoys the housemaid. He's a single guy now. He must be super lonely. And everybody seems to forget that his wife died. I mean, what about Isabel, Matthew's mother, going on and on about how terrible it is that she lost her son? And yeah. I'm like, Tom lost his wife, the mother of his child, and he's, you know, it's, and half of England, seriously, half of England just lost their sons in the First World War. Right. So exactly. I, I find a, Isabel's behavior very, like, n- not very British, frankly.
0: <laughs> where's, where's your stiff upper lip? Where's yeah. that? No, yeah, she should go too. She's something should happen to her. Right? Yeah, so. <laughs> All right. But it was it was very interesting at the beginning of the episode that um, that there was that warning that, you know, this this show contains adult material. Uh, And I hadn't I mean, it was I noticed that and I thought, oh, boy, PBS is really getting stuffy if they think Downton Abbey has, you know, like racy material. I hadn't I just was not prepared for what certainly was. The Lady Sybil moment of, of this of this season, don't you think? Right.
1: Where Anna is. They were setting it up all along that there was a visiting uh, houseman or footman or butler or whatever he was. He was interested in Anna. And then about two thirds of the way through, there's a sexual assault. And that in itself was a very disturbing scene.
0: That was, you know, a ter- terrifying scene. I it, thought it, it was very shocking, and that, particularly when it's, it's a fairly slow moving thing, and then you have this very violent act. It was that was that was terrible. So my number one prediction is Bates is going to kill again. That's, yeah. Yeah. And and now, and then that's
1: going to drag everything down. I mean, really, couldn't they let Anna have one moment of happiness? Can't we just see them go home to wherever it is their cottage is and like have a baby? I just. (laughs)
0: And, is- all right. Well, that brings up the second. Who is going to be pregnant first, Leon, Anna or that new evil maid? I know. Right. I mean, you know,
1: it's like, you know what's going to happen. Like the fact that she doesn't want to tell her husband. I understand that. The shame. I get it. You know, if you think that uh, what's Mrs. Who's the head of the house there? Who she who found her Mrs Hughes, yeah. Mrs Hughes. I mean, poor Mrs Hughes. She's not going to be able to keep that to herself. So no. I, this is all going to go badly, and it's just gonna, it's just gonna be so dark and bring everything down. And I know it was, I know it was a harsh world, and I'm sure if you were sexually assaulted back then, that yeah, you're you didn't say anything right? to anybody. That seemed very normal to me. It just felt like, oh gosh, poor, poor Anna has just been through. So much with like falling in love with the morose guy, they is the terrible ex wife, the false imprisonment. You know, oh, he's gone from Downton, he's back to Downton. Couldn't they have one minute I, of happiness?
0: I know she played one card game, right? That was, I know. was fun at the little card game, and then boom, you know, that's it. Okay, so she is quite a tragic figure there. So, but and I
1: have to say, the satellite sisterhood. Not enjoying this storyline. Alyssa said, I did not see that scene with Anna coming. I don't know what to think. Uh, Let's see who else. People just basically saying this is going to take them down a dark path. Yeah. Uh, just mad. I guess the British viewership was up in arms about this too. Like there seems to be just a lot of toughness for the women on the show. Uh Michelle said both sexes have rough times. It was hard to see Anna experience what's happened. She's anxious to see how she copes. I felt that way too. Like I'm anxious now too. I know. Uh let's see. Angie had some issues. I it seemed unlikely that Anna would choose to walk home alone rather than with her husband. So she said, I haven't been in that situation, but I've heard that one side effect could be a gripping fear that makes people seek safety in numbers infuriating, but probably historically accurate. I agree. Uh, You know, Jennifer couldn't believe it happened. She thought Mr. Bates was going to sense something was amiss and go save her or maybe even Thomas or something. So uh, she's actually looking forward to the aftermath though. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm not, look- I mean, I'm not either. I'm not, I'm looking, not looking forward to that.
0: I, I think that is, that's the problem now because you I mean, it's a, it's a terrible thing and it was so violent and uh, she, you know, it's going to be hard to watch this storyline. So yeah,
1: that's Wendy, terrible scene with Anna haunts me. I am so upset with this plot turn. So wrong. She's so upset, Wendy. Uh, Marge thinks, boy, things are off to a dark start. They just got Anna and Bates together, and now they're causing trouble for them. She said, "I think jo- Julian Fellow needs the Satellite Sisters' help." And then uh, Sue, Sue from New Jersey, gave us Julie. It's a long, it's a long commentary she has, but I want to read it because she, she's. She's really been thinking about this. Sue wrote, there are many people commenting that women have gotten the worst of the problems on Downton and Anna seemed to push them over the edge, but actually she feels like both the male and female rows have had plenty of bad stuff. Maybe there are just more women than men for us to focus on. The time period of Downton was extremely harsh for women, and we now see many aspects of this. Employment, running estates, working conditions, below stairs, consensual and non-relations. But we've also seen some pretty awful circumstances for the men. War, bankruptcy, gender bashing, incarceration, and general brutality. And both genders have been left alive without their spouses. Sorry to go on, but for a soap opera, I think it's all par for the course. So and she thinks the writers have given us some interesting situations. So Sue, hanging on for this okay. plot line.
0: Okay. I know. Well we're we're going to continue continue our commitment to uh <laughs> Gabby here. But it is uh I mean I mean I think Lady Sybil got off easy. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean rather than to have the living hell of coping with a very violent attack uh, when you have no resources, you have no support. Um and you obviously still fear for your life and fear for your husband's reactions and for keeping your employment. So Yeah.
1: It's a very it is a very dark path that the writers have chosen to go on. And I guess we have I guess we have to go along the way. I them. guess we're going there. <laughs> Even though I'd rather see more of Lady Rose, but Okie doke. Okie doke. Jill, you know what else is coming back this week? American Idol. And you know what? I think I'm getting back on the Idol bandwagon. And why is that, Leanne? is it that has you has you turning, turning the show back on? Well, you know what? I have to say, the Nicki Minaj situation as a judge, like, I, I don't think Nicki Minaj has any talent, so I didn't really buy her as a judge. Right. And I wasn't interested in seeing the judges be the story. And that kind of happened the last two years. But now we have great judges. We have Jennifer Lopez back, who I thought was a really good judge. We we have Harry Connick Jr. coming on and he's fantastic. Like
0: he's a real musician as opposed to Nicki Minaj. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he's uh, super, super charming, Irwin. and he yeah. has a New accent. So uh, I, I know what you mean, Leanne. i I'm
1: totally looking forward to it. They they said they really revamped the show. They're not going to do so many bad performances. Of none. The whole middle section's going to get tightened up. I'm actually looking forward to it. They're focusing on the singers again and not the judges. And uh, so I think I'm
0: on board. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 if they keep it as a talent show, I, I'm good with it. But if they ha- spend a lot of time you know, showcasing completely untalented people that I, I think it was sort of funny or, you know, Oh, it was kind of freakish the first couple of years when they did that, but now it's all been done. So they really, if they could showcase good singers, I think people will watch the show. So that, that debuts
1: this week. Uh, so add that, (laughs) that to your DVR. There's just so much TV to, there was so much TV to watch this week. So (laughs) that's what January is for. And Julie, I am sorry about your saints.
0: I, I know, Leanne. I know. And uh, I'm a New Orleans Saints fan. I've been one since I, you know, since we lived in New Orleans. And uh, it was a rough weekend. Um, but uh, there's always next year, Leon. That's the way <laughs> I feel. There's always next year, so. <laughs> all right. We are the Satellite Sisters. We want to thank
1: everybody who voted uh, for us for the Stitcher Awards. Yes. We'll find out thank how you. that voting went in a couple of weeks. We'll be up there uh, for the Stitcher Awards, Liz and I, but thank you, because I know that was like every day, and people were very diligent, and we really appreciate it. It's hard to ask for those kind of um, votes. I know I know you're all busy of other things to do, because there's so many kale stories to post on Facebook, so <laughs> oh. I'm <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad that you have taken the time to vote. It's going to
0: be the downfall of Facebook, Leanne. Kale. I'm kale. just saying that. Okay. Yeah, you heard that's another prediction. Facebook is going down because of kale.
1: And Julie, speaking of kale, I am going on a detox on Friday. You are? Yeah. I'm doing like a like a uh, you know, a a detox with a friend of mine who's a nutritionist it's a group detox so it's not a cleanse we're like eating real food but um so by the time we do this show next tuesday i could be really in a bad mood
0: <laughs> just so what are you detoxing no caffeine no sugar no alcohol no what what, what are you doing okay
1: yes to all three of those except forget it, i can't do no caffeine so uh i've already i've
0: already given <laughs> so it's kind of like a uh, detox light yeah. it
1: is well i'm you know for me uh, you know i just need one cup of coffee in the morning to get me going so i've reduced dramatically my caffeine intake so i'm not going to feel bad about one cup of coffee and just i can't that enough is enough really as my our mother would have said um but it is like no sugar no grains uh no alcohol uh no dairy which mm. is very hard for me too mm. but it's only seven days so it's, okay. you know, I'm in a pre right now so where I'm reducing and then Friday the detox starts, you know, to sort of figure out, uh, what's going on, what's happening in my gut. So, um, yeah, you know, looking forward to it, but just warning Ooh. you next Tuesday.
0: Oh, it's going to be rough. That will be like day five of your detox. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. I okay. think that'll
1: going to be the low day before things
0: start to turn around. <laughs> I think. <laughs> okay. You heard it your first. Liam's low day is going to be the next satellite system. Well, not the next. We'll do a show over the weekend. Next, but- t- next <laughs> Tuesday. So uh, there, we- <laughs> there we
1: have it. Okay. <laughs> I can do it. Seven days, right? I can you can, it. Liam. Just a little Kickstarter. Just a Kickstarter. <laughs> All right. Uh, what do you have planned for the week, Jill? Anything?
0: Leon, I am I am doing full on nanny nanny stuff now. Oh. You know I'm very busy as um, as nana to uh, my three grandchildren. We're just we're trying. Peter is a month old, and as I said, he only likes to sleep in his stroller, so that is kind of a problem for mom and dad. So <laughs> we've I've been I've been filling in doing a lot of, doing a lot of that. So um, that's uh, what's going on. Also, your husband is coming to visit. Did you? Yeah. Know? Yeah, that's Your exciting. Your husband's in town. He's in the Big D. He's here on business. Yeah. And uh, we're going to show him a good time, Leon. That's good. what we're going to do. And, uh, he's going to get a nice Texas welcome to dallas yeah he's enjoying
1: himself so far he's been in meetings all you know since the minute he arrived but uh he called me walking home to his hotel last night from the restaurant i said it's beautiful here it's 60 the weather's great uh he's really enjoying himself and the work is good so yeah i can't wait to hear uh that report when he gets home okay all right guys uh i guess that's it (laughs) it, absolutely Got okay. to move on. All right, everybody. Yeah, all right, everybody. Go about go about your day. Uh, don't forget, call your satellite systems.